Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can see me and hear me daily on this show. Uh, and I also find my words over at ESPN and NBA Australia. And joining me today is a good friend of mine. First time on the show. Uh, I may have been called out on the fact that it's taken so long to get her on the show, but from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, covers the Bucks, covers the Packers, covers the Brewers, covers everyone, really. It's Laurie Nickel. Before I bring Laurie in. I'll let you guys know today's show is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Uh, Laurie, <laughs> I, I said I said you're a little bit unfortunate with the timing of this because I, I will. my cover for not having you on the show to this point is the fact that I actually didn't think that you would want to do this. And not only did I not think that you would want to do this, I, I think if you had the choice... Um, it wouldn't be on YouTube either. We tried to plan this last week. Uh, I'm sorry, the show's on YouTube now. Here we are. I can see you, which is actually nice because it's, it feels like a long time ago since we were able to to hang out and uh, and see each other. I'm glad that I was able to finally bully you enough to get on your show. I'm glad that you know I'm good enough that that um, you got to the bottom of your contacts list and called everybody else and finally got to me. So thank you. Well, it's not true at all, and I'm, I'm, that might have been one of the worst intros I've ever had. I felt like I was about to lose my voice, but I, I, we haven't been doing YouTube for long enough that I'm not going to go back and try and edit this, so this is this is staying in, so it's all fine. We are only a couple of days away from Media Day now, which is pretty extraordinary to think about, and normally around this time, I might talk to our other friends, whether it's Matt Velasquez when he was still a colleague of yours and Eric name. And we're all friends of, with, with all these guys that are around the Bucks aura, um, all the fantastic reporters there are. And most of the time people will say, I can't believe the basketball's back. This was such a short off season. We've only had two months uh, since the season ended since the parade. But for you, I don't know what it feels like because I, I don't know when you stop because you're still doing the Packers. You're still doing college sports. You're still doing baseball. So has it even registered with you that basketball is about to tip off again in a few days here? No, because I've the Brewers are in the middle of a 10-game homestand and they've lost five straight. I've been out at American Family Field every day covering the Brewers and then I'll be covering the Ryder Cup. And I just was going through my calendar and texted Jim Ozarski. I'm like, oh my gosh, media day is Monday already and need to get questions prepared. But you know, it's nothing for us compared to what the athletes are going through. I hope that there's a lot of load management planned for the first two months of the season because this is too quick of a turnaround for anybody. But for a reporter, you know, it's cool to be in Wisconsin. There's so much going on, but there's we're neglecting coverage of other things that we would be giving a lot of coverage to just because there's so much going on here right now that's been condensed into this fall. 
Yeah, potentially the state of champions. The Brewers, I'm not a Brewers fan. I'm not a Packers fan, though. I do have a soft spot for the Brewers, so uh, it's it's fun. And on this show, we still call it Miller Park. I'm sorry. I'm I, I'm not going to come around on that. So I, I hopefully we don't offend any sponsors um, there or potential sponsors of this show. But the reason why this is a perfect time for this conversation is because Media Day is coming. And over the last few days when I was preparing for this and preparing for this season, I went back and looked at some Giannis stuff and some of his earlier media uh, days that he had or post-game press conferences and stories that he did. And one story that um, you were able to track down for me with the Journal Sentinel archives was the Giannis at 19, uh, I I believe was the title of the story. But it it was a really fun read to go back. And I wasn't around when in, in Giannis' first couple of years there. I met him when he was already a superstar. And we sort of... So it's been the last couple of seasons for me, but you were there from day one. So I think it's fascinating to look at Giannis, the the human, from legitimately a kid in Milwaukee right. to now being an adult. And I think that's always... I've always said this. It's one of the most fun things as a sports fan. Um, it's cool when you get players come into the franchise. It's cool when you make trades for superstar players. But there's something special about watching a young player uh, literally grow up in your city or on your team. And that's been a pretty special journey with Giannis and you've been covering him from day one. So I imagine um, for you, there is, I don't know what the emotion is, whether it's satisfaction, whether it's, I, I don't know, enjoyment of, of seeing him go down that path. Well, he's the oldest 26 year old in the world though. <laughs> I mean, in some way, um, but when I interviewed him, when he was the first time for a one-on-one, um, he was 19 years old and he didn't want to do it. He kind of had the teenager like, really, do I have to, you know? <laughs> and I think it was Dan Smichek who talked him into it. And I remember like he was kind of talking to other people on the court or whatever. And then he caught a vision of himself in the mirror and he started flexing and like showing off his, you know, his biceps and his guns and stuff like that. Like he was already thinking about working out then. And then when I sat down to talk to him, he was great. I mean, he was really earnest and honest. Um, And what I liked about him is that at that age, if he didn't understand something that I said, he would ask me to clarify or repeat it so we could talk about it. He didn't just try to fake his way through it. So that was, to me, I read that as somebody very inquisitive and eager to learn. Um, but that at that stage, his parents were just in the process of coming over to Milwaukee. Um, in fact, when I turned in that story, my editor, Mike Davis, said, you've got to get the parents. And I'm like, but Giannis said he, he just he doesn't want me to talk to the parents. He's like, you got to do it. So I had to track them down at a so- indoor soccer game called the team is called the Milwaukee Wave. And I had to kind of stalk him and catch him by surprise. And I'm like, I'm really sorry, but, you know, you guys are here. Do you mind if I talk to your parents? And I don't, you know, he was okay with it. He's like, would you please keep it short though? Not too long. And so I tried to be as quick as possible, get what I need. I I met Veronica and Charles and then kind of wrote this piece that um, showed what kind of young player he was. I mean, he came in the first day, he found a mistake in Larry Drew's playbook and corrected him on that. And Watching that guy um, with the short hair and, you know, the really youthful face and, you know, wasn't playing a lot, didn't know much about him, nobody could pronounce his name, to the guy now who 
is so quotable on some of his philosophies of how he handled the big signing of the contract to handling the losses in 2019 in Toronto to handling a five-game losing streak in February. All of that, it's been really cool. I mean, and I almost look at it like a parent. Like, I would love to talk to Veronica and say, how did you raise four young men so solid? Like, that's a – I really respect that about him. It's been it's been neat to see him go through these stages from being kind of young and, and then having his family around him and then already creating his own family uh, to what he's done with the organization and, and in my eyes being kind of the face of the franchise, so uh, the NBA even. So it's been, yeah, gratifying and rewarding for sure. So there was a couple of things you pointed to, and you said uh, in the first conversation you had that you thought he was really intuitive. So the first thing that I thought about was that part of the story where you pointed out that he did correct something. And I remember Larry Drew and the quote in your story, he was he was shocked. He said, I didn't even think players would be reading the playbook at that time, let alone uh, pointing out mistakes. So that just, again, now that we know who he is, that's not surprising. But at the time for a 19-year-old, uh, obviously, it's pretty crazy. Another thing that I think has been interesting to see with Giannis over the years, and I, I think we still see, definitely still see flashes of it, is that he uh, can be emotional. He can get angry on the court. He's he's not someone that will walk away from a fight. Let's just say if something happens. Now, of course, it's the NBA. It's basketball. It doesn't happen a lot. But we all remember the incident in the 2015 playoffs. That was my first trip to Milwaukee. I was at the game. Uh, I was there as a fan. I was actually supposed to leave Milwaukee and go back to Australia after game five of that series. But the Bucks won against the Bulls in Chicago. Then there was a game six in Milwaukee. So I extended my stay because I thought for sure that the Bucks were winning. I thought they were going to game seven. I was going to go to Chicago. Anyway, it didn't happen. Giannis was ejected in the second quarter. He absolutely bulldozed uh, Mike Dunleavy. And and that was definitely a sign that, okay, this guy is lovable. He's such a funny character, but he's not here to mess around. And he's uh, frustrated right now. Uh, there was some other stuff going on with other teammates. So he was protecting his teammates as well. We know what family means to him and and I guess the extension of that being the teammates being family and he said in your story that the angry side definitely came from his dad he said his dad, he said his dad did have that in him uh that that he could fire up a little bit and I, and I don't think it's surprising we see it with Thanasis we see it um with Giannis as I said on, on rare occasions but I do think there's been a maturity where it doesn't feel like he's going to have an incident like that again in his career. Although you could say maybe a headbutt last year was was pushing the lines a little bit. Well, that was the thing, though, to me, and please correct me if you think otherwise, but after the bubble and getting back here, to me there was a huge step from him um, to redirect his energy. And he used to really kind of feed off of that, that anger and, and use that um, – feeling slighted or feeling undermined uh, as a way to motivate himself. But this year, it, there was all this this big energy conservation. I mean, and, and it wasn't even just with the plays where he was great and he would normally celebrate and do things and he would kind of rein it in, but certainly at times when he might have chewed out a ref or another player, um, he would bring it all back and he wouldn't let it out in press conferences. He just... He really had to conserve his energy and, and not coincidentally, he was playing more minutes too. So 
I think that's definitely a sign of maturity and it's also a sign of um, endurance. I mean, endurance athletes do that too. Tennis players who know they're going to be in for four hour matches don't go crazy early on. They know they have to conserve their energy. So that's smart and probably, probably is a little bit due to Mike Budenholzer as well, talking to him about that. They had really good conversations about that um, before the start of this season. Um, and I think that he, that Giannis took that to heart. Yeah. So that's, that's really interesting. And I, had a couple of points here. I told you I don't really plan anything for this show because I know these conversations just start to roll. But I'll, I want to come back to that specifically the change in attitude that I, I definitely saw and I definitely sensed with the way that um, whether it was on court or just handled the media. So I want to come back to that uh, after we talk about uh, Laurie, my favorite protein bar in the entire world. It's Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar that's ever been made. Uh, I don't know if you've had a Built Bar before, Laurie, but we've been celebrating freedom of choice when it comes to Built Bar because there's uh, so many delicious flavors that you can find. And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. Mine personally is coconut. This has been a big talking point on the show. Do you, are you into to coconut uh, and whether it's, you know, in your, in your protein bar, chocolate, anything like that? I'm sorry. No, I don't like coconuts. <laughs> okay. Well, we're split. Frank and myself like the coconut. Justin and Laurie don't like coconut. But the, the, the beauty of it is you can go through this cookies and cream, peanut butter, raspberry, mint brownie. Um, so you'll be able to find something you like at built.com. So just go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED for 15% off at built.com. All right, so coming back to the emotions, and this was something that we really briefly spoke about before we started recording the show, but uh, I'll let people in on something. I'm tracking down a clip from Giannis where he says I look like a YouTuber because now we're on YouTube. So uh, maybe we have to try and get Giannis. I don't know if the Bucks will, will allow that to happen, but maybe I just need to spring it on Giannis during media day that, hey, we're on YouTube now. Come on YouTube and see what he says. Maybe that's my, my best plan of attack here. But uh, that... Comments from Giannis came on December 15 last year. The and I might have my Australian and American dates here. So if if I, if I get this date wrong, you can correct me. It's fine. But December 17, I believe, maybe it was December 16, was when Giannis announced that he was signing the Supermax. And just going back and listening to those press conferences in the days prior. That to me, and we've seen Giannis talk after losses, and generally I think he handles the media really well after losses. We know there was the one incident where he, he did walk off stage, but we were both in Toronto that time, Laurie, and and he'd already answered questions for well over 10 minutes. So it's not like he got up there and was, was angry and walked off. That was a, a different different situation there. Um, but I really sensed the tension and the stress and, and maybe just the straight up annoyance that in training camp, every press conference he had, there was only one thing people wanted to talk about. And that was him signing the contract, him signing the extension in Milwaukee. Now I can sit here and I think we spoke about it. And I said, I don't know what else he expected. He's not going to be able to brush this away. If he doesn't sign the extension, this is going to carry him right through the season. And then from the moment that he signed that contract, it was like a completely different person the, the as you said the the way that he handled losses the way that he handled uh, different situations that the bucks hadn't found themselves in in previous regular seasons they were losing more games uh, the whole time through 
he was mature. He was like, it's fine. I'm having fun. I'm playing basketball. The team's going to figure it out. We understood this was going to be a process. It was it was kind of remarkable to see the way that he handled things, no emotions, just having fun and doing it with a smile, win or loss. Well, we have different reads on that a little bit. Um, my read was that he was wary of it, like he was exhausted from talking about the Supermax, um, thinking about it, trying to make this life-changing, generational-changing decision. And to me, he handled, I think you're talking about the press conference that he gave a few days before he actually announced that he signed the big deal, right? Where he was, yeah, and yeah, I, I don't, he never took a shot at anybody in the media and he never cut anybody off or got snappish. Um, but I think he kind of, you know, he had his shoulders down a little bit. He, from what I remember, he just looked like this is the last thing in the world he'd rather be talking about because it doesn't have anything to do with ba basketball. And it was just such a big decision. There's so much tied into it from, you know, he's always taken pride in providing for his family. Um, now he's the family patriarch in a lot of ways, uh, him and Thanasis. So, I read it as somebody who was just probably tired of talking about it with brothers, with his partner, with his parents, with his agents, with fans, and that's not what his focus is about. He doesn't ever strike me as somebody who's um, obsessed with money or, or status. You know, he still gets excited with a new pair of tennis shoes, like most of us do. So, I <laughs> so. I really, to me, my read was that he just didn't know how to many, I mean, some of it, you know, we had to ask questions and come about it different ways to try to extract any information from him. And he was just tired of talking about it. But to me, that was somebody who was under a lot of pressure. And that can do funny things to even the strongest, um, the mentally toughest people. And um, I think looking at the press conference after that and seeing that it was to me fascinating that he just he carried over from what he told us in 2019 in toronto where we all thought gosh he must be devastated the bucks didn't win you know he's crushed and he was like you know what as long as you can say that you put in everything that you have you have to let the game play out you have to honor the sport and rules and how things play out that's all the control that you have and that's a that's something I expect from like a 51-year-old Mike Budenholzer to say, not from a young guy in his early to mid-20s. So how he handled all of that was really impressive um, and says a lot about him because he could have gone anywhere, right? And uh, the fact that he chose us, <laughs> it, meaning the city of Milwaukee, is pretty remarkable. So, um, But yeah, I just saw somebody who was just really like, it was like somebody who's been through counseling all the time or just talking, talking. You could tell it was just weighing on him. And I think he was tired of it. Yeah, no, and and so he, he had every reason to feel that way, by the way, despite the fact that, that we were there and we were asking the questions. Yeah, I would feel like that too. But I also had a, I had some fears that I was like, well, gee, I really hope he signs this because if not, this is going to be a long, long season. And I don't know how you go on playing uh, under that weight. And I don't know like what it actually contributed to the decision, but it's been something that I've at least spoke about before. The fact that in Milwaukee, it is a smaller city. Normally, 
there would just be me, you, Eric, uh, Matt, Jim this year. I've never met Jim in person, but a, a small contingent of people um, on a random regular season game, which I'm sure has to be nice because um, I've had the, the, I guess, the luck or the pleasure of, of going on a few road trips and being in New York, for instance, when the Bucks are in New York or in LA and they're about to play the Lakers and LeBron James. And you see him that it's, it is overwhelming when all of a sudden you go from usually having six people there at practice to now you've got 40 and they all want to ask you question after question about LeBron. And he's kind of pushed back on that. And it almost uh, reminds me a little bit of you talking about what he was like as a 19-year-old where Dan had to sort of bring him over. And you still kind of see that sometimes. I mean, he's I always say this to people. He's the most respectful person. He's never rude, but he doesn't exactly like doing media. And and I understand that. And I get that. That's That, that makes perfect sense to me why uh, he would feel that way. I want to ask you about... Aaron Rodgers and comparing MVPs because, I like I said, I'm not a Packers fan, but look, Aaron Rodgers is in the news, uh, and I, you know, his his press conferences at the moment I would say are um, interesting. Uh, so we can we can get to that uh, in just a little bit, but I want to talk about RockAuto.com. They've been sponsoring podcasts for a long time, and with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, like when Laurie's Laurie's asking a question in a press conference and then wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So you can save time and money uh, with Rock Auto. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership, uh, you can get a Honda Odyssey fuel pump for 216 bucks at rockauto.com. Uh, that's 353 bucks in the chain store. So look, my math, uh, I wouldn't say I'm the, the best mathematician, but I would say that's $137 by my count uh, that you save in there. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com and this is good we're about to move into talking um, some basketball and football and football seasons in full swing there's a big Packers game coming up this Sunday and as always bet online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season with a new updated site and interface even more odds props and contests betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for all things football head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100 for that one. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. I said we were going to talk football, and and we're not actually going to talk football because let's be honest, no one no one wants to hear me do that. But it's such a crazy time for Wisconsin sports and. I know everyone that has watched the Bucks for a long time or covered the Bucks for a long time said that they never really thought they were going to win a championship. I think that's absolutely fair. Uh, it, it did seem unbelievable in many ways. But when you look what's going on with the Brewers and the Packers and just the straight-up MVP talent that is playing in Wisconsin right now, and you're covering all three of them, and as you did point out to me via text before we started, you also covered Brett Favre and covered Ryan Braun as well. So... You've covered your fair share of superstars, and I've said, and and maybe I'm not the right person to say this because I haven't covered those other guys, 
But just from what I, my experience in the NBA, I've always said that Giannis is one of the most unique superstars I, I could ever imagine. When you when you combine the talent, then the personality, the, the the family values, whatever it is, whatever you want to throw in there, he's just such a unique person to me. And then you see someone like Aaron Rodgers, who to me from afar strikes me as your your typical superstar. He's, I, I would say his relationship, I don't know what the relationship is like with the media right now. It seems a little bit testy. But what? how do you compare the, the experience of covering the different MVPs that are in Wisconsin right now? Well, um, Aaron was very different at age 26 as well. <laughs> you know, yeah, right. Big, right. you know, um, and from my experience, you know, I go back to covering like Michael Jordan and Bob Knight. I mean, my experience has been that success, championship success, MVP success and money all change every athlete I've ever covered ever. Like from the most, humble guy to the guy who's self-assured and confident, maybe cocky and arrogant. To me, it's, it's, it's unavoidable. And it also changes the people around you who influence you, who are your sounding boards. I've never seen anybody go through that completely unscathed, unchanged. Um, but I, I like Aaron. And I, it doesn't bother me that he gets um, a little abrasive or that he speaks his opinion. But, you know, Aaron was in a much different situation. He was put on the defensive right away because he was replacing a hero in Brett Favre, and Brett Favre left the Green Bay Packers under um, really stressful, like, acrimonious situation. So, you know, Aaron Rodgers came in and tried to ingratiate himself to the fans and to the, uh, to the organization to a point. Um, he did not like being booed or being, he was actually bullied and harassed. Like I did a story about him, um, you know, people did graffiti to his house and um, people would boo him to his face or confront him at the gas station while he's pumping gas in his car. I mean, these are things that Giannis, to my knowledge, has never really experienced. Gian, Giannis has always been kind of embraced and he and, got picked up by he got picked up by fans and driven to the arena. He wasn't getting uh, approached at the gas station, <laughs> you know. And it's so totally different situations, um, but they are very different people as well. And I, you know, if Giannis is still the same guy ten years from now or eleven years from now at thirty-seven, uh, that will be impressive. I mean, I to me, he's always been special because he has the immigrant mentality. And that's something that I identify with very strongly with my own family and, and the immigrants that came through. And it was very much a never take anything for granted, work constantly, never, you know, assume that you belong. You know, it's this constant, like, it, there's a work ethic there that comes with what I call an immigrant mentality that it's never satisfied. It's never content with anything, with status, financial security, um, accomplishments at work, that there's, that's just ingrained and inborn. And that's something that I think is such a big part of Giannis Antetokounmpo's identity and also his older brother's identity. That's who they are. And they're so close. Um, I, you know, that part I could see being the same. 
you know, but I know like Jim Ozarski and I have kind of been wondering, you know, how are the Bucks going to handle success now? You know, how's access going to be? How are they going to treat the media and the fans and all the demands? Because what happens is what we don't necessarily appreciate or fans don't understand is when something like this happens, when somebody wins a championship, everybody wants a piece of you and everybody thinks they are entitled to a little piece of you. And so when Giannis walks by me at Wisconsin State Fair, people were literally did a double take and screaming, oh my God, it's Giannis. And swarms of people are now following him and Mariah and you know the family and stuff like that. And that's just one little 15 minute glimpse of what life is going to be like for him now where there's going to be charities that want his time. There's going to be businesses and sponsorships that are going to make their pitches. There's going to be more media demands, international, national, and local, um, non-sports, you know, all of, yeah. And all that matters. Um, but it's, and now with a super short off season, that's already been super busy for him getting, you know, the family citizenship in Greece, having another baby. My gosh, he's not really had an off season it's going to be wearing and it's going to take a toll at some point um, on him and on everybody on that team. So, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers and Giannis Antetokounmpo are started out in such different circumstances and are such different people. It's hard for me to compare, but the one thing that they have in common, they're both really intelligent people when it comes to their sport and social issues and they can talk about things beyond their sport. They're always worth listening to. Um, and just because Aaron Rodgers is kind of in a different part of his career right now, I don't, I don't give him a hard time for that at all. I, I kind of understand where he's coming from. Um, and we'll see. Giannis hasn't been tested lately. It's been a honeymoon phase. You know, if they, drop out of playoff contention or if he has a really bad year or if the team is hit with injuries, God forbid, not good wood. But I mean, those things are coming. If you play another 10 or 11 years, he will be tested in some way that will be a strain on him and his personality and his mental toughness. And we won't know how he is until he goes through those tests. And, you know, you could say about that for any of us in life. That's why we love sports, right? It's a microcosm of life experiences. So um, we'll see, you know, I like, he's the first player I've allowed myself to kind of become a fan of. And I shouldn't say that. I pride myself in being objective, not caring if anybody wins or loses, just respecting somebody having a professional relationship with them. But um, like if my kids one said, you know, I really want to get a sports jersey, what do you recommend? I would say, okay, you know, you can get a number 34. That would be fine with me. Um, I really respect how he carries himself and, and so far what he's exhibited with his moral and value system. Yeah, I find that really fascinating, um, particularly looking at it from the outside. So, and I'll say this, I think they've both got very high comedic value as well. And I would say... My so Giannis is like the dad humor already. He had dad humor before he was even a dad. Aaron Rodgers, I think he's more my style, very dry. Uh, I find him very, very humorous. I, I think he's a, he's a really, really funny guy. I think everyone has uh enjoyed the Pat McAfee show stuff that he's been doing. So, um, you know, to me, to me, I really love that. I think that stuff's been awesome. So, um, that's a really 
really interesting answer from you. One last question I have for you. And I've always admired with your work, your ability to write features, because to me, to me, like that's the cool thing about working in sports is actually talking to someone and it could be about the sport, but, but stuff off court as well. To me, that's what I find the most interesting. And there was one story that you did that stands out to me. A lot of people would have read it. I, I know that was the Tony Snell story that you did. And the reason why I thought, the reason why I thought that was so cool, just from like our perspective, what we do is the fact that I, I tried to talk to Tony Snell a couple of times, and I mean, it, he doesn't like doing it. He's shy. Uh, he he doesn't want a recorder in front of him, let alone a, a camera in front of him. Um, and you were able to get him to to talk and uh, and open up a little bit. And I just thought it was really cool. Is there a buck story that stands out to you, or something that you've done that you thought was really cool? Maybe it is the Yana story we've already discussed. I'm not sure. Um, no, nothing really stands out. That's my job. I better, you know, uh, there's a difference between the beat writers and the feature writers, and then the columnists. And I um, have been all three. And if I don't tell you something about somebody um, that's new or interesting, then I haven't done my job. Yeah, even with all the stuff that you know, Kane, and, and the, you know the team inside and out, I personally try to challenge myself to get something that would be interesting to you. Because if it's interesting to you and you know everything about the team, then it'll be interesting, hopefully, to the reader and the fan. Um, so you know, I actually think more of the people who I didn't get anything out of that I'm disappointed that I failed with that. Like, um, but the, you know, that doesn't, I try not to let that happen. So, um, I, I really love covering the bucks. I mean, especially when we got stuck in this era of zoom and when I listened to other players from other teams, boy, I was so grateful, you know, like Chris Middleton is not, going to be flashy or <laughs> demonstrative or anything like that with his press conferences. But if you ask him certain questions and get him on certain topics and work him a little bit, you know, he will tell you things that are interesting. And I would say that about Drew Holiday and certainly Pat Connaughton. So all those, all those players were so good, even when we had this horrible distance of being, of having to talk to people on zoom for a year and a half. So that was lucky, <laughs> I think, for us who cover the Bucks or follow the Bucks, is that they were good even in those circumstances. Yeah, no question. And I'm excited for Monday because uh, I, I feel like everyone's going to be in a good mood. I feel like these guys, like the last time everyone got a chance to speak to them, um, obviously was a pretty good uh, time for them. And I'm sure they're still going to be pretty happy and, and buzzing off that. It was only two months ago, but we're about to start again. Uh, we've said it, preseason basketball, October 5, I believe, is the first preseason game. But regardless of the exact date, it's it's within two weeks. So we'll be doing post-game podcasts very soon, which is absolutely ridiculous. Laurie, um, you'll probably be covering basketball, covering baseball, covering football, college sports, all in the same day. So um, we know we'll be able to find your work. But I'm glad we got to do this. Yeah. Uh, I, I told you that there's never any need to plan anything and you still continually asked me for what we were going to talk about. It was easy, it was easy right? No, it was not easy. Okay. <laughs> yes, you made it easy. You're very easy to talk to. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's good. That's good, uh, good advertisement for my hosting abilities. But as we wrap <laughs> it up, 
we'll be back next week. Uh, like I said, we'll have one show and then we'll have media day and then we're right into it. So we'll have audio. We'll have all sorts of stuff from there. Hopefully some cool stuff that uh, all the guys and some new faces, some new faces with the Bucks as well, which is always fun to catch up with those guys and see what they're thinking coming into, which is a unique situation. They're coming into an NBA championship team and, and trying to find a spot. So uh, I imagine it's going to be pretty competitive um, training camp and through preseason as well for minutes. So it's going to be fun. Uh, you, of course, you should follow, if you're not already, Laurie on Twitter, Laurie Nickel, uh, at Laurie Nickel, that is, and, and her work over at the Milwaukee Journal Center. Like I always say, supporting us, support the paper. That's uh, it's, I, I always like reading the newspaper. It's old school, but if not, do it online. And as far as this show goes, last time I checked, I think we were nearing 400 subscribers already for this show. It's only been up for a couple of days. So we really appreciate that. You can continue to do that on YouTube or if you're listening to it on the usual audio platform, uh, it's all the same to us. We appreciate it. So we'll leave it there for this week. For Laurie and myself, Kane Pittman, we'll catch you guys next week.